can we learn about overcoming anxiety from an Alaskan bush pilot? Well, today we're going to find out. Hello, my name is Chester Elton, and I'm with my dear friend, the one, the only, the indomitable, Adrian Gostick. Well, thanks, Jess. I haven't been called indomitable this week, so thanks. Hey, on this show, we're going to talk about letting go of self-doubt and indecision and how fear well, it only has so much power as you give it. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us is our new friend, Missy Lee. She's the CEO of Floats and Skis, Inc. in Alaska. Missy is an Alaskan bush pilot who grew up in an aviation business and spent a lot of time in the air. Missy will talk to us about her journey from school teacher to pilot to mountain climber. She's climbed Denali to keynote speaker to Alaska Floats and Skis owner. We are delighted to have you on the podcast, Missy. Thank you so much for finding the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm big fans of y'all's. Well, thanks, Missy. So first off, when we heard about you coming on the show, we were really excited. Tell us what we can learn from relating being a bush pilot to business and anxiety. Yeah, I think no matter what you're doing, um, I think anxiety is a big topic right now because um, I think there's a lot more uh, attention to mental health, which is really needed. And I think more people than we think actually struggle from anxiety. Um, And so I think a common denominator with everything is just living your life with purpose and courage. And um, that is a decision that you can make every single day. And it's not always an easy one. And so I would say that that is something that can be related to anything, no matter what you're doing. Well, give us a little more on that uh, courage. I mean, I can just imagine flying, you know, through the wilds of Alaska. You, you need courage on a daily basis. What, what do you do when, when you're feeling, you know, the weather's terrible, the wind is blowing and, you know, the turbulence is bad. You're coming in, trying to find a, a place to land. Talk a little bit more about that idea of courage in your job. To be honest, I think it takes more courage not to fly on days like that than it does to fly on days like that, to be honest with you. So I think um, uh, having courage is making tough decisions. Um, And a lot of times in aviation, the tough decision is actually to stay and not fly on days like that. So, but it's exercise every single day. There have been times, you know, when I was nervous to fly or, you know, I'm still learning. Actually, I grew up flying with my dad in Alaska, but um, I'm just a private pilot and I bought the flight school actually before I was even a pilot. And so um, that took a lot of courage, you know, to kind of make a career shift and do that. Um, And so you know, there's there's a lot of different scenarios that have required courage, but a lot of times the courage you're exhibiting is actually, you know, not doing the courageous act you think you'd be doing. I, I, I find that fascinating that you, you bought the pilot school before you had your license. It's kind of like owning a car dealership without having a driver's license. Uh, good for you. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's been a, a really interesting journey. I've learned so much about leadership and business. Um, my background is in education. I was a seventh grade teacher for a long time, and I have a master's degree in educational leadership. 
Um, and I'm also a keynote speaker with a company called Cleared to Land. Um, it's a Swiss company um, of women pilots, and we do leadership uh, conferences and keynotes, and it's super fun. Um, but I, I guess the main point is I just I wear a lot of hats, and I love it, and I live my life with a lot of purpose. Um, I live my life with a lot of courage, and I, over time, have just recognized, um, you know, how strong you have to be and determined to to get what you want. Excellent. You know, you, you say you need to let go of a lot of self-doubt and indecision, and that that can be self-sabotaging. It sounds easy, you know, to say it, uh, harder to implement. Uh, walk us through that, about that self-sabotage. Yeah, I think... You know, people who are prone to more anxiety oftentimes like overthink and just have are in decision paralysis, you know, and I had an epiphany once there was a dead squirrel in the road and it just occurred to me like a car didn't kill that squirrel, indecision killed that squirrel. And so I cannot live my life like that. I have to be decisive. And something else I've learned is a lot of decisions are not right or wrong. They're just different. And you're going to learn something no matter which decision you make. So if you, it's kind of about your mindset um, surrounding that and your self-talk and self-judgment, where if you let go of a lot of that, it's really freeing and it allows you to make decisions and just learn from whatever decision you make. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you say um, when, you, when you're talking with people, when you're coaching up these leaders, that we need to use our full ass when it comes to working on something we love, <laughs> not half-assing it. <laughs> so I just love that. I love that expression. So how do we overcome the half-ass syndrome that we, we all get into? So I think if you're half-assing something, it actually is kind of a red flag and you need to reevaluate because... Um, and you can do this by doing two different things. You either need to change your position or you need to change your perspective. Um, so half-assing something is kind of like a warning sign, like a siren is going off. Because I feel like when people are giving whatever it is, everything that they have, they're passionate about that, they care about what they're doing, and they have a strong work ethic. And so I think that, you know, whatever I've done, whether it was, you know, a long time ago in college, like waiting tables or going to school or, you know, teaching or being a pilot or public speaking, I always am very intentional about giving everything I do my very, very best. And if I notice myself like really slacking, I feel like it's a warning in my head. Like, okay, do I have purpose in this? Is this the right decision for me? Am I putting my energy in the right place? And so I think that, you know, if you are really dreading, you know, going to work or doing something, you either need to change your position or change your perspective on that event. Position or perspective. Uh, great advice. Um, fear uh, pops up in your in your speaking and, and so on. And fear, you believe, has only as much power as you give it, that you should, you know, control that somehow. How do you control fear? Now, obviously, you know a lot about fear, being a bush pilot in Alaska, but help us uh, understand that concept a little bit better about giving fear power and controlling your fears. Yeah, I think, you know, a misconception a lot of people have is that 
when they see people be brave, that they're not scared. And the reality is most of us are scared. (laughs) And so just realizing like that is totally normal. You're not alone. That is actually how your brain is meant to function to keep you alive. And so just recognizing that, feeling that, um, you know, but then just knowing that know deep down in you that it cannot control you and that you're in charge. And so sometimes I do activities like cold plunging or something like that just to remind my brain, you're not in charge. I'm in charge here and we're going to do whatever I say we're going to do. <laughs> Both, yeah, Chester and I, you know, I, I was born in England and then grew up in Canada. Chester grew up in Canada. We both know cold plunging. That's kind of going to the lake on any, <laughs> even in the summer for us. And you know that up in Alaska as well. So that's awesome. Hey, how do people learn more about your work, Missy? Where would you point them? Yeah, we have a website called clearedtolandusa.com. And that is um, the leadership and speaking website. Also, my business, Alaska Floats and Skis, um, is a good place to find me. Um, And so either of those places is fine. That's awesome. Hey, okay, so you, you we mentioned in your intro that you've taken up mountaineering as well, climbed Denali. Uh, give us a story of mountaineering, maybe, and maybe a lesson you learned there that we could we could all use. Uh, maybe an I'll never forget the time story from mountaineering. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I had the opportunity to climb Denali when I was 20 years old, and we actually summited, but we were on the mountain for 23 days. And it was in, you know, glacier, like it's all snow and ice. And so that experience taught me so much about myself. First of all, it was my idea. So the whole time I'm suffering, I'm like, this was a terrible (laughs) idea. Why? Why did I want to do this? But I do think dreams are put into us for a reason. And it was a dream of mine since I was 12 years old. And so um, so for me, there was no turning back, no matter how hard it was. I mean, I had an 80-pound pack, and you hike from anywhere from like 6 to 12 hours a day. I mean, it is extremely tedious. Oh. And there were def- – I mean, I wanted to quit every single day. There's no doubt about that. But there was just – it was not an option for me to quit. Like I was, I had a single track mine. I set out to do something and I did it. And there were moments for sure. Um, one time we were in a storm that was 20 below zero and like 40 mile an hour winds. And it was awful. You know, the tent sounds like a train. It just was, um, it was really, really hard. There's a lot of moments where you're very uncomfortable. But after that trip, I really felt empowered. Like if I can do this, I can do anything. So I think it's really important to challenge yourself and grow. And then I also think, so I have this model where in order to grow, you need a challenge, but in order to change, you need to suffer. And so for me, this was like my suffering and I was completely changed after this trip. And then another time, actually, when I was 14, I went to Nepal and Thailand for a month without my family. And that was a life-changing trip because I saw how other people lived. And I am like, you know, now forever grateful every single day for warm, clean running water. So, you know, you have to challenge yourself in order to get sometimes a change of perspective. And these doing these things have really affected my life in a positive way and have been really empowering for me. So I think the lesson um, for Denali 
and also for other climbing things that I've done is just that, you know, challenge equals growth. And I, for me to be my best and highest potential, I need to be growing and changing. So a couple of things occurred to me when you were telling that story. One is, is that no matter how frustrated you get, when it's 20 below, you can't cry because your tears will freeze on your face, right? So that's not an option. I'd like you to tease out a little more this idea that you can't change until you suffer. I mean, isn't it possible to change without having to go through anything traumatic? I, that was really caught my attention that you said, until you really suffer, you're not going to change. And yet, can't you change without having to go through something traumatic? It doesn't have to be traumatic, you know, I think sometimes we think maybe of suffering as traumatic, but it doesn't have to be traumatic. Um, maybe it just has to be really, really hard. So I just know in my own life, the hardest things that I've gone through have made me change into the person that I want to be. I do think a challenge can equal growth, but I think deep, meaningful, lasting change actually for me has come through some really hard times and some suffering. You know, ideally nobody goes through any trauma in their life and life is just hunky dory and it's great. Right. And some people's lives are like that. And that's amazing. Good for them. I'm always happy for people that have lived those lives. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, that's not the story of most of us. I mean, I, I, um, I also am a behavioral specialist with a school district here in Colorado. And so I deal a lot with, um, you know, with students with trauma and more, more people than we can imagine have had some kind of trauma or adverse childhood experiences. And I think that also affects anxiety in, in their adult life for sure. And so I think more people have actually, you know, suffered than, than we know. And so I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's actually kind of the human condition. But if we don't embrace that and change from it and learn from it and grow from it, then it can have the potential to really hold us back. Interesting. Um Again, you know, people that live hunky-dory lives and you're happy for them. I think if people tell you they've lived a hunky-dory life, they're liars. <laughs> nobody, nobody goes through life unscathed. Anyway, hey, as we start to wrap up here, we're always interested in self-care tactics. So, you know, you, you say you go through suffering and you go through challenges and growth and, and so on and so on and how that helps you manage your emotions and manage your anxiety. What are some of your personal practices that keep you, you know, in a good state of mind and and tamp down your anxiety. Yeah, I think especially anybody prone to anxiety, and you know, I have had anxiety here and there for sure. Um, nutrition, exercise, and positive relationships is my top three. Um, really making sure your basic needs are, you know, food, water, shelter, that you are meeting your basic needs. Um, exercise is just a great avenue for mental health, you know, for anybody really, but also especially if you are prone to anxiety, taking care of yourself is so incredibly important. So nutrition, exercise, and man, I don't know what I would do without my friends. I, they are my family and I rely so much on positive, encouraging people in my life. Um, and so that for sure is a huge self-care tactic. Then of course, if I really want to splurge, 
a massage is like ultimately <laughs> if I feel like whenever That's I get great. a massage, which is very rare, I'm like, man, I'm really taking care of myself. <laughs> After a cold plunge. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Hey, and I love that idea too, positive relationships, because sometimes people they keep going back to the well and hoping people get more positive with them, but they never will. So I like that idea, Missy. Yeah, that's so good. Hey, uh, this has been such a great conversation, Missy. What what one or two big takeaways would you like our listeners to leave with today? I would say live your life with purpose, courage, and always, always believe in yourself. Purpose, courage, and believe in yourself. Uh, great advice. Our guest today has been Missy Lee. Fascinating background. Uh, look her up wherever you can find uh, great uh, speakers and, and, and business people. She is the CEO of Floats and Skis in Alaska. She's an Alaskan bush pilot and a delightful guest. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your enthusiasm. We appreciate the time very, very much. Thanks, Thank Missy. you guys so much. I really appreciate you. So probably one of our most unique guests, an Alaskan mm. bush pilot, with some great advice on uh, managing anxiety. What were some of your key takeaways? Boy, a lot. You know, first off, you know, sometimes it's you're brave not to fly. You know, right. I are, like that. Say things no. Things are really bad, you know, because indecision is what kills the squirrel. Um, so either make the call or don't make the call, but don't don't second guess yourself. Yeah. You know, I always uh, say that when I'm, you know, flying, you and I travel a lot and there's a delay for this or that. And everybody goes, oh, oh, oh. I say, hey, listen, you know, <laughs> the pilot's on this plane too. And if he doesn't think or she doesn't think it's safe, I yeah. I'm with them. You know, they know a lot more about planes than you and I ever will. Right. Exactly. Um, Self-sabotage, I thought was uh, kind of an interesting one. Uh, again, the the indecision, but this idea that, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not, uh, you know, qualified enough. To, to really make sure that you your inner voice, which we talk about a lot on this yeah. podcast, uh, doesn't self-sabotage what you're doing. And then the, uh, the half-assing <laughs> was, was particularly funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just to be whole ass, uh, we'll have to incorporate that into our lingo somewhere, Adrian. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, you know, we talk about perfectionism and we talk about, you know, sometimes you can get overthink things, try to do too much. But but the, the, this point is good, too. If, if I'm luck, if I'm not giving it my whole, why? It's there's something about my position or my perspective that's wrong. Maybe I don't have the right purpose. Maybe I'm not passionate about this. What is it that's keeping me from giving my all? Yeah, it just reminded me of the old joke, you know, the two bald guys that put their heads together and made an ass of themselves. <laughs> it's more of a visual joke, I think. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I also appreciated, she said, you know, uh, people think that courageous people aren't scared. Uh, we're all yeah. scared, you know, and yeah, it's overcoming like that. that fear and, uh, and to do it. Uh, I was particularly interested in, she said, you know, um, challenge equals growth yeah. and change comes with suffering. And, uh, you know, and, and she's done all this hiking and, and flying and so on. And I think those are really evident in her life. Yeah. Right. And so it was interesting for her to be able to synthesize that to say, look, if you want to grow, you've got to challenge yourself and yeah. you're really not going to change until there's there's some suffering. And, you know, well, we see this like in Alcoholics Anonymous and so yeah, on. Right. Yeah. You, know, you, you hit rock bottom. Right. And then yeah. it's that suffering that causes you to finally say. Well, I've got to do something different. You, you yeah. told me about meeting uh, a man from Africa once. Remember, he, and he asked about your childhood. You remember that story? 
I'll and tell you if not. Yeah, <laughs> you, he, you should refresh and my he, Yeah, and he said, you told him, oh, I had a, a delightful childhood, you know, happy parents, happy family. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, and, yeah, that guy. Uh. And, and it was just interesting. He says, you didn't suffer. You know, and, and the point was, yeah, sometimes we do grow from suffering. It's okay to go through hard things because that's when deep blasting change happens. So right. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, that particular guy was not somebody you'd want to spend a lot of time with. <laughs> okay. And, good. And, and, which brings me to, you know, her, the way she handles her anxiety, you know, nutrition, yeah. exercise, obviously a big part of her life, you know, being fit as a pilot and hiking and, yeah. and all that. And then positive relationships. And I love that you said, and by the way, the key word there is positive. It's not just yeah. relationships, people that build you up, people that have got your back, people that care about you. And, yeah. and those connections really do make a difference. You've got somebody you can call. You've got somebody, you know, that's cheering for you and, and how just incredibly valuable that is. And you know who's always cheering for us, Jess, is our <laughs> producer, Brent Klein, and our booker, Christy Lawrence, who help us find amazing guests and put this this uh, dog's uh, breakfast to uh, into, the, into something that's palatable and something good for everybody to listen to. Uh, hey, if you like the podcast, please share it. We'd also love you to visit thecultureworks.com for some free resources to help you and your team culture thrive. What a clever transition that was. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, like Missy, we love to speak to audiences and we do around the world, you know, whether it's in person or virtually uh, on topics of culture, teamwork, resilience, mental health, and of course, gratitude. Give us a call. We'd love to speak to you about your event. And of course, we'd love for you to buy our book, Anxiety at Work. We also have a wonderful book, Leading with Gratitude. Uh, early next year, you'll be able to find our gratitude journal on Amazon. We love to write, we love to speak, and we love to meet interesting people. So please look us up, whether it's on LinkedIn or thecultureworks.com. Adrian, uh, I'll give you the last word this time. Go ahead. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us. And until next time, we wish you the best of mental health. 